Listening to Skip Intro, I'm Lee Chui Lin, and in the studio with me, Ian McNally, Bahi Yusuf, and Julian Yap. And today we're talking about a pair of oldies, um, slightly different ages, but not by much. We're starting things off with the older of the two, um, which is, of course, the Shawshank Redemption. I don't think you ought to be doing this to yourself, Andy. I mean, Mexico is way down there, and you're in here, and that's the way it is. Yeah, right. That's the way it is. I guess it comes down to a simple choice, really. Get busy living. Or get busy dying. So it is turning 25, um, and it's kind of a big deal. So we, we <laughs> thought we'd just give it a little bit of shine. I think it's becoming even more of a bigger deal as time goes by. It only seems to go up in people's estimations. I think it was made at just that right time where it's a period piece anyway, but there's not many showy effects. So if you watch it in a regular definition or standard or high definition, it all pops still like it was made yesterday. I think the other thing interesting about Shawshank is that it's Frank Darabont's first feature film. I think it's his debut. Second. He was, was it? Uh, his first directing, I think. He was, yes. He'd written, he used the money from uh, writing A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 to buy the rights, but then oh, really? have, didn't have time to sit. He sat on them for five years because oh. he couldn't get it together. I mean, for a... I guess for a feature film debut to do that 25 years later as well, it's quite something. And then following that with The Green oh. Mile and then The Mist and then not doing anything since The Mist. Oh, he, just, he did a little, a little show called The Walking Dead. Uh, well, yeah, but he, he produced that off. He exact produced it. Yeah. He kicked that off the first season. But I guess um, the thing about Shawshank Redemption is that it is a peculiar film in that it's kind of, kind of dark, kind of uplifting... It's got a little yeah. bit of everything. It's kind of a classic drama in that yes. it has, you know, characters with really big motivations and huge inequality and just... But it's being told on, I guess, a relatively small scale because mm. it's a story really of one guy and... Well, two guys if you think that Red does a lot. But, you know, one guy. It's really the story of Andy Dufresne. And mm. so, like, I'm not... I think it's one of... It's old-fashioned in a sense, you yeah. know? Um, it's old-fashioned in the same way that we don't really see a lot of unshowy dramas yeah. maybe yeah and i think it's also quite interesting in that and for me this was the thing that i keep having to re not having to remind myself but i keep getting surprised with is the fact that it is about andy dufresne mm. but not told by andy dufresne yeah you know and that's such a beautiful storytelling thing of course then you've got morgan freeman's great voice just throughout the entire <laughs> thing but it's that idea that it's being told by someone else and but you're following the character I got to say, I so the first time I watched Shawshank was maybe five years ago, and I rewatched it this week for this, and I had completely forgotten Andy Dufresne. <laughs> I thought it was Morgan Freeman, Red, who was the one escaping, right. just in my mind, and I thought he was the one who went through all of the yeah. stuff with Brooks and all of that. I had completely forgotten him. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's just Morgan Freeman is such a... You know, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, he's him in the I film. think that's just star power, because Tim Robbins doesn't do... 
as much He's kind now. of fallen off. Yeah, yeah. so I, I but, think it's a little bit of that. But it's interesting. They did. They were looking for Kevin Costner. I think Vanity Fair has a nice kind of oral history of mm. it for the 20th anniversary. And they were looking at Kevin Costner and Tom Cruise to play the Andy Dufresne oh, role. Never because, Tom Cruise. Because in the, in the original story, uh, Red's uh, an, an Irishman. Red's Irish as well. Red's That's Irish why and Andy's little. Yeah. Yes, and uh, Andy's small. And, yeah. and this is, this, Morgan Freeman says it in the movie. He's like, yes. why they call you Red? like, maybe because I'm Irish. Maybe because I'm Irish. Yeah, yeah. But it's one of those few films where the narration works you know yes. it's not like the you know the the, the, the classic it example it doesn't of feel like like it's forced right it yeah. feels like this was natural it's not telling you what's going on mm. it's giving insight into his personality and his, the insights he sees into everyone around him mm. and a large part of the, the the greatness of the movie as well is that cast that they assembled um like they have uh clancy brown as the the, the, the guard yes um william sadler is one of the kind of weasley looking uh prison guys as well you have um, Gil Bellows. The, the role Gil Bellows plays was originally supposed to be played by Brad Pitt, but he decided really? he was getting too famous after Thelma and Louise and skipped out on it. Ooh, that would have been, <laughs> but that would have been weird because yeah. because Brad Pitt is pretty famous, and I think even at the time he was probably a lot more famous than Tim Robbins would have been. I think it would have been a strange cameo because it's quite a big role. That, and I don't think you want anyone handsome. I, I, as uh. in, I think that you know this is a prison movie uh, with prisoners and prison guards, and you don't want anybody handsome it's just a banker yeah Mm. it's a pretty fundamental thing i mean um in the whole thing about so the full title of course of the original novella would have been rita hayworth and the shawshank redemption and so like i think the thing about rita hayworth and the rotating posters that are such a big deal in the film um is that they for a long time were just thought of as the only thing of beauty in the place yeah Um, yes so i mean brad pitt is that beautiful so i think (laughs) that it's kind of nice that we don't have that sort of yeah. standout face. A lot of the, the profiles I read talked about Andy Dufresne being the innocent man. And it's like, it's based upon Gil Bellow's character's uh, testimony that there is another man who claimed he did the mm. crime that Andy did. Yep. But I didn't, I never thought that was that was key to the story. It feels like... It really is. <laughs> no, I mean, I feel it's like whether he's, he's innocent or not, it doesn't really matter to who they are. Like, it no. doesn't matter what, uh, you know, Red is in there for like stealing something decades ago, yeah. right? And the others are all completely institutionalized, but it's still the fact of like just the experiences and the small stories they have. You look absolutely horrified, Lynn. What is the point of this story no, if it I, isn't about an innocent man breaking out of jail yeah. through sheer pres- perseverance? I, I, I like, like I the fact it. that he's innocent. I like the fact, that, and, but I also like the fact that the story isn't a courtroom drama but to prove his innocence yeah. and all that. I completely get yeah. that. That's what because kind of I'm saying, yeah. At the end when he does, you know... Spoilers that, for a 25-year-old movie. <laughs> that rain sequence at the end yes. and you just go... This is entirely worth it because he is innocent. He has been just absolutely hampered the entire way. This washing off of literal and proverbial crap off of him (laughs) is beautiful. I think so. And I mean, I think that, yeah, we could get into a a deep conversation about why it is that people are, you know, incarcerated and whether or not men Mm. can change. But I think that going back to the essence of the story, which is to say... It is an old-fashioned character drama. Mm. It matters that he's innocent. I yeah. think, like, yeah. it matters that it helps you root for him. It it yes. makes the the catharsis that more cathartic. Yes. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, then you're just watching a guy with a spoon and a plan. But that's the genius is it's not a movie about a guy with a yeah. spoon and a plan until it is. It's just yes. a series of these great 
character filled vignettes like putting tar on the drinking studs on the roof after tar retiring it mm. or the whole thing when he gets the the record and plays that to all the inmates and you know there's the the very dark stuff that i kind of forgot about until i rewatched it recently which is the whole thing with bogs and the sisters mm. there's like there's that darkness runs through the whole thing and it's those vignettes that kind of carry you through everything and you don't need it to be a twist movie. It doesn't yes. feel like a twist. It feels just like a, su a delight, a surprise because the twist has become like a stereotypical but it's, thing now. It, but it's such a great twist. Though, it is. You know? So on that, I got to say, I was thinking, why do I have to rewatch this? I know what happens. I know what we went through along the way. Why do I have to rewatch this? So knowing that, you know, that poster, throwing that stone through, going through, oh no, where's Andy? I didn't think that I'd have to rewatch it, but I guess along the way, there's so much optimism and hope and just love between everyone. And I talk about this a lot of family where they don't, where you wouldn't find family. Mm. And it's, it, I don't know, it holds up. Yeah. I didn't think it would. I, th I thought it'd be a little bit cheesy. Yeah. But it still does. It still works. I think one, so I have a couple of questions here. Um, has anybody else read the novella? No. no. Okay. So I read it first before I saw the film. Um, and... Does anyone else think that the title's great or not so great? Or because it's it's an interesting title, the Shawshank Redemption. Mm. It means absolutely nothing. nothing you know, yeah. it's, it's a series of words kind of put together with which, the place. Which is part of why Morgan Freeman thought no one went to see it because no one knew what the how to hell to say what it was. Which is the thing. So I'm I'm curious whether you think that's aged well because now you know when you say it, it's almost become short shorthand for something. It's yeah. like ah, oh, it's Shawshank Redemption all over again. Like you know, it, it, people know what you mean. But that's with the benefit of hindsight. Like, I mm. wonder whether if we were to watch a movie today and we weren't doing a movie show, I don't think a movie today would have been called would be called like that. That's yeah. what I'm you know thinking. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that, there isn't that that and and I mean, and this is again 2020 hindsight and all that. The movie didn't do well in the cinemas. So, yeah. in fact, that's that idea of like you going to the cinemas in '94, looking up to the poster, going Shawshank Redemption. I don't know what this is. But you got to weigh that out against Morgan Freeman. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, on the one hand, Morgan Freeman, but I Morgan know. Morgan Freeman, though. Uh, yeah. but also, like, he's not even on the poster. It's like kind of almost abstract image of Andy in the rain. And you don't even know it's... You don't even know what that is. Yeah, you can't you even make out that yeah. it's Tim Robbins, who, you know, he's kind of hot around the time as well. Yeah. Like, the player and stuff like that. Do we care about the ending? Do we care for the ending? Do we like the ending? Because I think that's is one... Because it's different from the book, right? Oh, really? Um, Hang on. No, what? no, 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 no. It ends like... It ends with the letter. Mm. Okay. That's where it ends. It yeah. does not oh, end with beach. a panoramic shot of Andy Dufresne sanding a boat like he's in a I Nicholas see. Sparks film. It does not end there. So oh. I don't know. Like I really liked the Stephen King does friendship really well. I've said yeah. this before, and mm. like I I think that that ending in the novella is just perfect. So I don't know about the Hollywoodness of mm. Shawshank. And that's a very 1990s ending, right? It's, oh, it's for sure. the definition of the Hollywood ending. It looks like a, it looks like a cigarette ad. But you know, what's, <laughs> you know what's weird though? Like I remember watching it uh, maybe the second, third time I saw it. And right up to that point when he does get the letter, I think, and I think he's walking on the beach or yeah. something, right? For some reason, the way it's shot, part of me goes, is he? Is, is he dead? Is this a dream? Mm -hmm. You know, because of just that glow. It's there's the lighting. A, there's a the super glowy lighting. They're wearing white. Yeah, <laughs> they're both wearing white. I'm just like, are they, are they dead? It's just, it, it for a split second, I think the pessimistic Bahia just went, they both died, didn't they? They're meeting. <laughs> this is heaven. Together. This yeah. is the good place, right? Yeah. Their bodies are being carried out of Shawshank. <laughs> out of Shawshank yeah. Dropped in a little gully somewhere. Well, you've just <sighs> ruined the movie now for the next 25 Thank years you. for me. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> On that note, um, okay, so we've been talking about Shawshank, uh, or rather, 
The Shawshank Redemption and how it is 25 years old, as good a time as any for a rewatch. Um, did you love the movie the first time round? How do you feel about the ending? Just talk to us. Um, WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at SkipIntroMY and write us at movies at bfm.my. After this, someone's turning 20. Keep it here on the Evening Edition, BFM 89.9. Brainy, fancy material. BFM 89.9. Hello, you are listening to Skip Intro with Lynn Ian Bahe and Julian. Um, we're talking about anniversaries today. So earlier we spoke about the Shawshank Redemption, which has just turned 25. Um, and now for something quite different across the pond, um, it is the 20th anniversary of this little show. Spacious two-bedroom apartment, fully furnished, £90 a week. Oh, professional couple only. <laughs> You could always pretend. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, have you got any homeless male friends? So we are talking about Spaced, um, which I don't think ever really came here, mm. um, but is something that people who are fans of the Cornetto trilogy, I think, would have gone back to look up. Um, and I think I'm just not going to take up more time. Ian, you want to just kind of <laughs> roll on out of here? With... For me, Spaced was a show that I caught a little bit at the time. Um, it was on a Friday nights, which was almost like uh, the graveyard slot for it because its target audience was out at the time it would be on. And it's just about a bunch of amiable 20-somethings and their landlord, Marsha. And it's just a very pop culture, film culture, savvy, surreal comedy that just did an awful lot of things on TV that I don't... Like, for me, it's the sitcom. It's the uber sitcom. And it was wedged in between Friends and Frasier on a Friday night at Channel 4 at the time, apparently. And... I just think it was one of the most amazing TV shows ever because it was unlike anything on TV ever. Directed by Edgar Wright, written, created by uh, Stephen, Simon Pegg and Jessica Stevenson. And it just, they packed every, like the first episode has just like, they're looking at apartments, they have like references to The Shining in it. There's Evil Dead jokes, there's jokes about video games. There's, you know, references, drug and clubbing references that are very of the time, but also kind of, you know, fit in with dance culture as it evolved over time. There's a setup in the first episode where they're two friends, they're just two people looking for apartments who get to know each other and they go for this place that has been misadvertised. Ricky Gervais was in this episode listening to the landlady saying, I'll take anybody and he's just not paying attention and writes down professional couples only. That is the kind of thing that a lot of sitcoms would run with and make a recurring joke for most of the series where the two couples have to pretend to be a professional couple. And in this, it's completely just a setup. And then after that, it's just like we're going to do an, a, a, a zombie episode where they're just kind of tired and they go to an art show and David Williams is there. And so is uh, Paul Kay, who ends up playing Thoros of Mir later on. It's just a wacky TV show and I love it with all my heart. So um, I love Spaced um, and I don't, I don't love Spaced, I think, in the same, necessarily the same way. I mean, I, I get the references. I think that it's a delightful show to watch in terms of its visuals. Um, mm. It has a lot of visual cues that are very, very funny. Mm. Um, the cast just has good chemistry. So it's nice spending time with them. It's mm. nice spending time with a bunch of deadbeats who are in deadbeats with a bunch of flatmates who are also like best friends but also kind of not mm. you know it's it's a lot of I think it's a it's like the anti-friends it's yeah. a slice of yeah. life that, thing that's yeah. what I was thinking because we when we talked about friends before Lynn you said um, 
you, you know, that's not what your 20s are like. Spaced yeah. is more... Accurate. It's a lot closer. Yeah. 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 Some days you're going to go out because um, wheels, no. Tires. Tires, yeah. Tires comes through. And he's like, let's go out, guys. I'll pay for you. And like, yeah, you're going to go out. And then, you know, there's some nights where you're going to stay in. You're going to play video games with your flatmate. And sometimes you're going to go to an art show. Everyone you know is a little, is a caricature of something. Everyone's an extreme version of someone that you know. Mm. I love, I'm, it's great for that. And Daisy's one of my favorite characters on TV. I, I love her. She's I love her. Her Jamie Oliver impression. <laughs> gives me life. The, the way I that just, she comes back in season two with like a slight glow up is incredible as well. Mm-hmm. Um, with a slight glow up and um, and a little bit more pretension, which is yeah. just great. It's very Daisy. Um, I think um, comparing it to Friends is good. I think comparing it to Seinfeld is also interesting because um, mm. Seinfeld is similarly structured except everybody sucks, right? I mean, that's the premise yeah. of Seinfeld. Everybody's mm. terrible and it's about nothing. And um, this is sort of like that, but not so it's almost as if Seinfeld were less intensely pleased with its own cleverness mm. and a bit more pleasant to be around yeah. and that's how it feels yeah I think for me Seinfeld always felt a little old even in my 30s I'm if I watch Seinfeld it just feels like the characters are too old for me right they're just angry old people whereas space is more like like what Julian said this this feels more like what we would have gone through in some way shape or form mm. I think I like also that it's not a mission-based show. It's not like, let's get you on the path to greatness. You yeah. know I mean? And They don't the, have a thing that they're trying to achieve. It's a hangout TV series. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's essentially what it is. Which is not to say that like the characters don't move or that there isn't any growth because there is, but it's slow and hard-won. And I mm, kind of mm, like that. Yeah. You know, it's like, it, it's mixed in with um, just examples of like abject failure. And, you know, then it, it doesn't become a thing. It's not a moment where it's like, this is bottom now. Yeah. We need to start. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, no, but it, it also feels like a lot of it feels like when you're in your 20s you it feels like a pause on life right mm-hmm. you're just sort of getting through this day job so you could then go on to go clubbing or you could go and do a thing you're unstoppable it, it just feels like that right you don't you're not looking for that massive career you're just looking for getting through the week so you could get the weekend and you could spend too long playing Resident Evil. Or you can sit at home <laughs> drinking 12 cups of tea because that's what they do. All because time. that's what they do all the time, yeah. <laughs> or, or take or play paintball really seriously. When you're <laughs> yeah. talking about uh, Daisy, there's just, I was looking through, I think, one of the websites of quotes from it and there's just where she spent, I'm going to spend 12 hours a day sitting around and doing nothing so I can truly get into the mindset of an unemployed person <laughs> for an article I'm writing. It's like, or for some work. And it's like, are you going to write an article about it? And she's like, nah, I can't be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> there's a bit when she is sat at her typewriter writing an article with the music, with the music for a murder she wrote and I I think about that a lot. Is that is that the one where she's like typing and like she thinks the clock has gone on so far yeah. and everything else and then she looks up and it's been like a minute or 30 seconds? Like there's so many little... I've always wondered how they got through that. Like they've played the, the theme songs from Star Wars and... They weren't given anything for the first series but once Lucasfilm saw it, uh-huh. they were like, you can do whatever you want for the second series. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Oh, cool. That's where they were given the music and things like that. Oh, okay. A lot of other references... Um, the song that everyone wants, Edgar Wright has been posting photos from the set and he also put up a playlist of all the music that's in it. Mm. I personally love the the, the Sivu play song, the do 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 song that plays whenever something good happens to uh, oh, Tim yeah. mm-hmm. and he's walking down the street dancing and a football always comes in from yeah. the head at the end. Yeah, I think mu- music from bands is one thing, but to get music from TV shows, to yeah. get music from films, I think that's almost always a sort of a, even harder get, I think, yeah. So uh, for the anniversary, just going through a few, you know, best of moments, compilations and stuff. I was just thinking, this kind of show, we couldn't get this today. I don't think... I'm amazed we got it then. Oh, okay, sure. (laughs) I just, um, I don't 
think even if he could come back and do a film to wrap it all up, another series to wrap it all up, I don't know how we could get that. I don't think yeah. it could have the same kind of magic because mm. like the weird very 90s zooms and the, yeah. like he still has his very distinct style but I don't think we have I think, that I think kind also of society has moved on because yeah. Yeah. I remember that time when on some levels doing drugs and going clubbing is okay considered cool yeah. whereas now it's just like you don't do that anymore you know mm. you just yeah I'm going out Friday night let's go right and that that idea has changed now. I think the society. Oh, have has you changed by here? Is it you're I, older now? You're mate, wiser. I've never gone clubbing. So far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I think that's it, right? But unfortunately, what rewatching some best offs on on YouTube, the show looks dated. I love, but, I love that about but it. It hmm. just looks like it was shot on midi cam or something. Yeah. So I oh. love that oh. about it. Oh. I actually it really like it. That, that, that oh, no, it for me it's. Yeah, I wouldn't say problematic. It's just it's, jarring. You have, you have to get past it. Yeah. So um, I think that it is a product so specifically of its time and mm. also of its time in these people's careers because mm. they everybody has since gone on to like do stuff. Yeah. And so I really like the fact that it is a show about being in your 20s made by people in their 20s. Mm. And I feel like it's a celebration in many ways of delight in fandom and pop culture but yeah. also delighting in their own creativity because they weren't big mm, so they could no. just do anything they can mm. waste like two minutes on fake shootouts you know and like and have that recur <sighs> yeah, it, yeah. it's like they, and they could do that then yeah. in a way because they weren't precious I think that's the thing mm. about space it's not a precious show mm-hmm. it's a show that people find precious now because they love it mm. but it is not precious about itself it's not precious about how funny or cool or clever you mm. know it's none of those things and because it didn't want to be any of those things it was all of those things mm. you can tell kind of you can see a filmmaker trying out a, a style trying yeah. out different things mm. they're trying out different things with the script and their kind of humour and their relationships you can see it in what it is still today especially in the first season which is we're nice to go back to. Yeah, I think there's an oral history on Empire where they talk about like that is not all. That's not haphazard. They literally were doing everything they want to, to put into it. I think six, seven episodes per season. Seven. It took take them six months to write them just to get all the gags and everything right. working right. And then Edgar Wright would nearly kill everyone because there are so many setups for everything <laughs> that like you know they just everyone in the cast they talk to tires and everyone else as well and they're just like yeah we just have to try and keep the energy going because everyone was just exhausted and mm. annoyed at Edgar all the time so even that aspect of it I don't think people would do these days so we have to wind up um, just very quickly did we like the ending because I love the ending I think it's perfect I don't want an extra series I don't want another film I yeah. like it where it is yeah yeah. I don't think it deserves it I think it's just fine just release a high def box set and move on <laughs> yeah because that's the, that's the biggest problem is that it's not available streaming anywhere I think mm. the music because the music is so good that's a huge problem for streaming Licensing, they can't get the yeah. clearance for all those songs yeah. I have a copy in my house give me a shout if you want to come over and watch it cool We've been talking today about a couple of anniversaries. First, earlier in the show, The Shawshank Redemption. And after that, Spaced. Um, did you enjoy either? Are you planning a rewatch? Talk to us about them. You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at SkipIntroMY and write us at movies at bfm.my. 